Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. To quote a well-known Beatles track, it was 30 years ago uh, when Mazda brought out a open-top roadster that revolutionised small sports cars across the world. And extraordinarily, the MX-5 continues to today and rightly is being celebrated by Mazda across the world. Uh, Graham Fudge from Mazda UK is with me now. How important... 30 years ago was the MX-5 to Mazda as a brand not just here in the UK but globally well you know 30 years ago most people were moving out of the uh, the affordable two-seat sports car uh, and we as, as a company this starts off as a skunks works uh, project where there's a guy called uh, uh, Bob I can't remember his second name at the moment uh, but he in America had said that he felt that Mazda should produce a lightweight two-seat affordable sports car and it started off as an idea which slowly grew and that was probably about 19 about 1980 um, that this whole idea had been uh, thought of and slowly the engineers and designers at Mazda started to build up a portfolio of sketches of what this car could look like um, and as they slowly refined their ideas they slowly came up with the idea which was very closely aligned to the Mark I MX-5 and they took the whole project to the then CEO of Mazda um, and he endorsed it and said yeah we should absolutely do this it came at a time when as I said everybody was moving out of uh, the two-seat sports car market but what it did was it replaced what was essentially quintessentially an English sports car Mm. um, the MG at the time and a lot of people ever since have said this is perhaps where MG should have gone Um, but they didn't and we now 30 years on we've sold over 1.2 million of these worldwide Um, And it's a car which really embodies all the philosophy of Mazda as a brand, which is all about affordable driving, but driving which is fun. You know, you get in a car not because you want to go from A to B, but because you want to enjoy the journey between A and B. And the MX-5 does exactly that for you. It is just the most joyful car to drive. Mazda aren't a big company. So even back in 1980, that was in some ways, that was quite a risk financially, in, in particular, to to develop a car on your own, um, which is was more usual then. But to develop a car, such a niche car, on your own now, with the benefit of hindsight and 1.2 million units all round wor- round the, the the world, everybody goes, ah, yes, well, that was that was all all right. But it, it must have been a bit of a a bit of a gamble in those days. It was a little bit of a gamble, but don't forget, as I said, this starts off as a Skunks Works mm. uh, project, so there wasn't an awful lot invested into it right. until the point at which they said, yep, let's press a button yeah. on it. And it, it was really in the imagination of engineers and designers to do this. And that doesn't cost a huge amount of money. It costs them their own personal time and you know, all these guys worked by themselves after everybody else had gone home, 
to build and to design and to engineer this vehicle. And we didn't launch it until uh, sort of late 80s, 1989, which mm. is when it was first shown at a, a motor show. So it's taken quite a few years to get to that point. But if you think about Mazda, Mazda as a brand, we have always done things differently. You know, we're the only company to ever have uh, uh, produced the rotary engine. We're the only company to have ever produced a millicycle engine. We're the only company to now be bringing out a compression ignition petrol engine. Mm. And at the time, you know, just doing something like this was kind of just what Mazda lived for, what the engineers lived for. You know, our, our guys, they have this, this philosophy that anything they do has to be a great driving car. And you look at RX-7, you look at RX-8, all those cars are fantastic to drive. And MX-5 was just one of those, it was kind of a, uh, a labour of passion for engineers and designers, which came to fruition. And fortunately, the CEO of Mazda at the time had the vision and the foresight to say, yeah, absolutely, we should do this. What came first, the MX-5 or the Zoom Zoom? <laughs> the MX-5. Yes. <laughs> and, and I asked that for that reason, because I, I know you've moved on from, from that uh, tagline uh, since then, but the MX-5 really does embody all of that. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the MX-5 is... If you think about our chief designer at the moment, a guy called Maeda-san, you know, he races MX-5s. Yeah. Um, our CEO in America, a guy called Morrisan, he races MX-5s. You know, we, we have this in our blood, in our DNA. And certainly in, in Mazda's DNA as a, as a company, we're an engineering company that makes cars. But we're, we're a, a company which is led and driven by people who are passionate about driving. You know, for us, it's not about getting... To be, it's not about a functional aspect of the car. It's about the joy of driving. And you know, you, you sit in an MX-5, and you know, it's got a fantastic gearbox. It, you, you get a lot of feedback through the steering, and we try and engineer that into every car which we make, whether it be a CX-5, an MX-5, or a Mazda 6. Well, you, you say that, and I'll, you know, I can back that up because. Not so very long ago, I took a... Well, actually, it's a wee while ago now. Um, I took a CX-5 all the way down to Barcelona. And I remember in our real-world road test that we did on that, I said, look, it's not a sports car, but w- what other crossover SUV vehicle do you have where you've got a pedal box where you can still heel and toe? And the perfectly positioned... That's not what you expect. And, and coming back the mountain route on the way back, that CX-5 was incredibly direct. And you sit in that car and there's elements of the MX-5 that come through through the DNA I suppose Yeah absolutely and one of the things which we engineer into every car, uh, let's take the steering as, a, as an example, if you sit in an MX-5 and you, you turn it to a certain point, you'll get exactly the same turning circle in any other car which we produce so you get exactly the same steering feel in a CX-5 as you do in an MX-5. Mm. And we try and ensure that all our gearboxes also feel very similar in terms of sort of short throw, but very snappy gear changes. And I, you know, I love driving, and I drive a CX-5. Mm-hmm. And you know, I find that as enjoyable on A roads as an MX-5 a lot of the time. I mean, you know, MX-5 kind of is slightly more enjoyable because you've got the roof down, yes. and it's a little bit lower, and it doesn't roll quite so much. But a CX-5 is still quite a satisfying drive. How important is that Mazda philosophy going forward in, a, in an automotive environment where it's more and more difficult for small to medium-sized manufacturers to exist on their own? I know you've done some platform sharing, in fact, with the MX-5 has, has become other cars uh, as well for, for some of your partners. But, but how important do you think it is that Mazda stays slightly as an outlier? I think in many ways it's important because we have our own view of how we should be producing cars. But also we we do need some partnerships and part of the partnership is about uh, ensuring that we have the right electrical 
technology to put into our cars, whether it be EVs, hybrids, mm -hmm. or just mild hybrids. So the Mazda 3, which we just produced, has a mild hybrid in it. It's our own, it's a hybrid system which is unique to Mazda. But we do have uh, sharing with Toyota, where we will develop electric cars and hybrids along with Toyota. But the, the one th key thing about Mazda is about this love of driving. Mm. And as we, as, a, as an industry and as a, 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 a world, we move more and more towards autonomous driving. That's not something which we are necessarily going to be uh, deeply involved in. So the, the, you have various levels of autonomy, level five being the, the point at which you have no steering wheel, no, no control over the vehicle. We don't believe we should ever get there. We believe that the art of driving is something which we should ensure that we keep for future generations, simply because it is such enormous fun. And what we're doing with, uh, with autonomous driving is we are producing uh, electronics within the, the vehicle which will help you brake, they'll help you steer, they'll help make, ensure you, you stay on the straight and narrow but they will never take over from the actual job of driving the car that will always be down to the human behind the wheel, simply because you know it, it comes back to this whole thing of what's in our DNA and in our DNA is the love of driving I love the idea of not just getting from A to B but enjoying the journey and possibly going through C, F, G, P <laughs> Z on the way Absolutely yeah, I mean you know, I, I, I've got a, an MX-5, and when I take it out for a drive, I'm going to the supermarket, which is two miles down the road. It might take me 20 miles to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the joy of Mazda. Graham, thank you very much for the invitation today. Uh, I can't wait to drive all these lovely cars. Um, am I going to be able to see the generational evolution from the NA car, the white NA car, the Mark 1, as we call it over here, um, all the way through to this bright orange, these bright orange 30th anniversary cars that are in front of us and one's just fired up there just to our left? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got uh, Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, and obviously the Mark 4 here. And um, what, what you'll find is from the Mark 1 to the Mark 2, it got a little bit heavier, mm -hmm. a little bit bigger. And then from the Mark 2 to the Mark 3, it got a little bit heavier, a little bit bigger. But then for the Mark 4, we went back to the original philosophy, which was a lightweight sports car. I mean, you know, these don't even have glove boxes. You know, and the whole point... Sorry, I don't have gloves. <laughs> and the whole point of these cars is about lightweight, affordable uh, motoring. And this is only a couple of kilograms heavier than the original Mark 1. Which in automotive terms is unheard of nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's it, actually the way that people have to go now. We're so used to adding equipment and adding weight. And, and one way to become more efficient as well is actually to, to shed that. We know that from, from motor racing. Take weight out, it's more yeah. dynamic, it's more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we... We have this gram strategy at Mazda, which is... When, once you, gram strategy? Yeah. Once you've built a car, what you do, or what our engineers do, is they strip it down completely, and they look at every single component, and they say, does this really need to be this big and this heavy? Can we shave... You know, can we take this bolt and remove a millimetre off the end of the bolt in order to reduce the weight? Can we take the mirror? What do we have to do with the rear-view mirror to make it lighter? So do we take off the frame and make it a frameless mirror? And that might remove 10 grams. And you do that through the entire car, and it it drops you know, many, many, many kilograms. Graham, can't wait. I'm going to go and do a bit of driving. Thank you. I'll speak to you a little bit later on as well, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Well, time to get up close and personal with the Mazda MX-5 on this 30th anniversary celebration here, right in the middle of England. And Owen Mildenhall from Mazda is here with me. I'm because I'm a bear of small brain, Owen, I'm going to start chronologically with the NA or the Mark 
one going all the way back to the late 1980s a car that was in some ways revolutionary although in others certainly followed the classic english british sports car recipe of lightweight pared down only what you needed nothing that you didn't need yeah that's absolutely it john i mean to be honest when mazda was developing this car in the late 80s you know the industry car industry as a whole had moved away from the affordable sports car and Mazda's engineers in the US and in Japan, and even in the UK, to be honest, they had a test centre in the UK, were driving old Triumphs and MGs and things like that just to get a, a benchmark of what they wanted to recreate. And that was the inspiration for this car. Um, and obviously it was launched in 1989 at the Chicago Motor Show. Um, and the car we've got here is a 1.6 um, Mark One, which was the car that was shown at Chicago. This one's in white, which is one of the three original launch colours. So it was launched in white, blue and red. So it's really nice to have this car here because this is the sort of... This is the birth point of this car, really. And the first thing that strikes you is, I look at this car now, it's one of the pop-up headlight models, for those who remember. Um, It has very small wheels, but they do fill the wheel arches. Sort of a mini-light-style design, which I'm sure was deliberate as well. For those people who've only been brought up on relatively modern cars, it's a small car, but it's perfectly proportioned. Yeah, that was the idea behind the car. So, you know, front engine, rear-wheel drive, 50-50 weight balance, really sort of direct steering, perfectly set up pedals, great little gearbox, perfect for heel and toe. You know, that the car that brings you complete connection with the road, that was always the, in, the intention with the MX-5 from the very first one right up to the one we have now, 30 years later. And how much, back in 1989, 1990, how much would I have had to shell out of me hard-earned for this? Well, amazingly, in today's money, this car would have would have probably... The MX-5 is more is cheaper now in today's money. In real terms. In real terms than it, than it was back in 1989. Really? So it's always been an affordable sports car. So I think from memory it was around about £14,000 when it was new. What? But in today's money, the, the modern car is, is better value now than it ever was. And that's, that's something that Mazda's always stuck to with the MX-5 is to make sure that this is always an affordable sports car. It, it looks absolutely brilliant. The, the, the little design details, some of which have carried over, but certainly the way the wheel arches, the short overhangs, front and rear, um, a relatively upright uh, uh, windscreen and uh, the, the paint around the top of the windscreen, I always like that being as, as body colour. And, and everybody said at the time, it has a happy smiling face and the joy of motoring, the joy of driving is something that Mazda's been all about. And Anybody who dismisses this as a pretend sports car or oh, have you taken up hairdressing, do so at their peril in terms of the performance and the smiles per mile that this car and its younger brethren have delivered down through the years. Yeah, absolutely, because I think you know, that's the other thing about the MX-5. Right from the car's birth, it's always been a car that's been raced. Mm. So in the UK, there was an MX-5 Cup from 1990. You know, there was one straight away and in the US especially this car you know, I think more people road race a Mazda MX-5 than any other car in America you know, so it's, it's always been a car that people have taken on track it's always been a car that people have enjoyed driving and racing um, it's also inherently quite tunable you know, so mm-hmm. it's a great road car it's nice and compliant but you, know, you can stiffen it up make it a bit more of a track car um, it's always been a car that people have enjoyed whether it's on the track on the road and like you said it's the design details I love about the Mark 1 so from the this one's got the lovely original Momo steering wheel the tiny little slender door handles the pop-up lights you know it's quite a quite an iconic shape I'm a, I'm a sucker for pop-up headlights always have been a very Lotus of course as well uh, let's go around the back end as well because there's a there's a clarity to the design here with the very flush fitting uh, rear lights which weren't always the case back in 1990 that was quite a modern thing uh, this one fitted with the rear fog lamp right underneath the back as well the 
a built-in uh, sort of mud flaps which are body colour here and uh, uh, a fuel filler that's right on the top of the rear wing and something that I've noticed with all MX-5s all the way through a really usable trunk boot I've been in the States too often boot area for, for luggage puts me in mind and you talked about English sports car I used to have a, a Sunbay Malpine from 1965 and there's a lot about this car that reminds me of my Sunbay Malpine not least a really usable luggage area so you, you weren't being asked to compromise if you were going to go for your weekend away no, absolutely. It's a car that people need to use and use take away for a weekend away and have their suitcase in the back. And I think what's nice is there's always been a simplicity to the MX-5. So the original car we're looking at here, 1990, you know, it's two clips to put the roof down. You can fold it down with one arm. It's very easy. The roof doesn't impact on the boot space, and that's something that carries over right away through to the current car. You know, so with the current car on the soft top, it's literally you know one latch, and you can put it down with one arm, and again, doesn't, doesn't affect the boot space. So that's always been a key part of the car. Right, let's, uh, let's go and have a sit inside and... Uh talk the way our way through love these details now this is a 30 year old car so we have to think about that however this is on your press fleet it's only got 36,000 miles showing on it first thing I, as i remember for this is the pedal box is like every race car i've ever driven and it's absolutely perfectly spaced for healing and towing hang on i'll just pull the seat forward there we go uh, you don't have to worry about the steering wheel and adjusting it because it's in the perfect position yeah, I think that's always been the key with the MX-5 is to, is to have that relationship between the pedals, the steering wheel and the gear lever spot on, you know, because I think that's, if you're driving a driver's car, that's crucial. The steering wheel, the gear lever and the pedals and the relationship between all three and how you sit in the car is, is crucial. And I think that's always been the case with the MX-5. Um, and there's a real simplicity to the Mark 1. This lovely original Momo steering wheel that was on the early cars is just, is really nice. Interestingly, the US cars never had these. They had to have an airbag steering wheel, which ah. was a bit bulkier and not as attractive. So it's nice the European cars had this nice slender sort of nice Momo steering wheel I, I do like the period uh, cassette the pull out cassette radio as well tiny little stubby gear lever but it's exactly where you want it to be handbrake over here and everything is where you need it there's not you know no air con you know why because you've got the roof down you don't need air con no silly bits and pieces I mean this one has got electric windows mind you hasn't got, it yeah. yeah has got electric windows um and it's, this one has power steering as well, so oh. some of the early cars didn't have power steering, but this one does. Um, so it's you know it's really it's got all the bits you need, but nothing you don't need. And I think because that's crucial, weight has always been a big part of this car. It's mm. always been a car that has kept weight under control. So um, you know it's obviously uh, from the start until now, it's always been a, a light car, and that's crucial with the MX-5. MX-5 or Miata in the states enthusiasts will tell you that down through the years, the 1.6 or uh, then the 1.8 engine was always the car that the, the engine that the car was designed for. So in, in some ways, is this Mark 1 1.6 the purest form of MX-5? In some ways, yeah, because it's the original car. It's the you know it's the car that started it all. Um, I love driving these original Mark Ones. I think they're just they're just such a lovely car to drive. Everything's just delicate. Everything's natural. You can feel the road really naturally. Um, and I think in some ways the the current Mark Four has come back very much yes. to this car. Um, and uh, that you can definitely feel the lineage. You can jump thirty years forward, and that sounds crazy, but you can drive this one, jump into the current car, and you will feel the similarities. Now the thing I'm going to have to get used to, of course. Japanese cars of these this era indicators on the right hand side yeah you will put the wipers on a couple of times as you come to junctions I'll tell you how many when I get back <laughs> right let's start up the four cylinder 1.6 engine which starts at first call and just turn the blows down a little bit settles into a nice little raspy idle it's got that little exhaust note as well and that was important at the time 
Yeah, I think they, the engineers spent a lot of time with working on the exhaust note when they developed this car about 30 years ago. Again, they wanted all of those touch points to, to be like you would, like, like people remembered with their 70s and 60s classic British sports cars. So that was, as we've discussed, not just the driving position, but things like the exhaust note and the throttle response and all the things that, that give you that sense of being in a really lovely, pure sports car. All right, we've talked enough about this. I think I better get this Mark Wood Mazda MX-5 on the road. So behind the wheel of the original Mazda MX-5, this NA or Mark One version, and out in the English countryside, roof down of course, got the side windows up just while I'm doing the recording. First thing that hits you is just how compact this car is. I can actually reach across to adjust the side mirror on the left hand side second thing is just how accessible all of the controls are short stubby gear lever steering wheel right in front pedals perfectly positioned for healing and towing and a very direct driving experience although one thing I will say it rolls slightly more on initial turn in and through the corners when you're pressing on than I remember but that's that probably a function of the relatively high-profile tyres. Ride's pretty good, though. Smaller wheels and high-profile tyres do give you that. But there's still the sensation of almost driving a go-kart with an extra seat. The refinement for a 30-year-old car is still pretty good. Now, Japanese cars of this era, the plastics are a bit harsh... But that could have been said about cars co costing many times as much as this MX-5 back in 1989-1990. It's a perfect tool for these A and B roads that Mazda have sent me on. A little bit of a reflection from the instrument binnacle because that is a shiny black plastic. But the door mirrors are in the right place. It's a nice place to be. If, if I'm very honest, I think I would like to sit further down in the car. There's no height adjustment, of course, on this seat. I feel like I'm sitting rather on rather than in the car. But, I mean, it's a minor, minor gripe. And if I'm honest, this is a really nice place to be. And my, has this car stood the test of time. Railway crossing here. The little rasp from the exhaust perfect and just fits in with the the rather cheeky character of this car i've actually passed a couple of mx5 owners coming in the opposite direction and there's been a little wave and a flash of the headlights and of course when i do that on this car the headlights don't pop up flashes the driving lights but as an owner of a car with pop-up headlights i should just do it hang on let's pop them up yes there they go up they've popped and back down again lovely there is something very special I think about a car with pop-up headlights so how does this car stack up then after 30 years actually very well indeed and you can understand why people say this is the Mazda MX-5 to have and this is what started it and isn't it great that the new ND or the Mark 4 car has gone back to this Mark 1 NA roots 
with the new car barely any heavier than this one one of the things that I am going to notice getting back into my 968 to drive back home is just how much heavier that Grand Tourer is rather than this out and out sports car it seems odd to me to say that of the 968 but I know that I'm going to feel it the engine the little 1.6 is absolutely sweet as a nut this one with just 36,000 miles on it and it's absolutely lovely gearbox direct almost feels as though that you're directly connected to the cogs there's no movement on the gear stick and the engine surprisingly talky for a little 1.6 does the job perfectly well it'll be interesting to see how the evolution of these cars down through the 30 years have come and how we get back to the Mark IV and the celebration versions of the car that I'll drive later on but this has really turned back the years for me if I'd brought a cassette and banged in the hits of 1989 or 1990 I could have just shed 30 years sadly I can't shed 30 years from my age but this little Mazda MX-5 Mark 1 is extremely sprightly and has fared far better than I have over the last three decades The Mazda MX-5 story continues with the NB or Mark II introduced in 1995. Uh, uh, no revolution, certainly an evolution uh, of the shape, particularly from profile. But the biggest change on Mildenhall uh, was the movement from the headlights being the flip-up headlights to uh, a more conventional look at the front end. Yeah, I mean, sadly, I think pop-up headlights disappeared around that time across the mm. whole industry for, for pedestrian safety. So, obviously, then it went to, to more conventional headlights. Um, gained a little bit of weight with, with the Mark II, but very much stayed, stayed close to the principle of the Mark I. As you say, it was an evolution, not a complete revolution. Um, the car we've got here is a 10th anniversary edition, so um, that was marked out by its blue paint, sort of chromed wheels. Um, really, really sort of standout car. And if we, again, if we take a quick look around it, some things have never changed right up to the, the current day. Still got the folding roof, which is, is a manual roof. Very few changes uh, to the interior brought up to date uh, a little bit, but still with the same very similar instrument binnacle as we saw on the Mark, on the Mark 1 car. And if, if we come back, we've got a retractable aerial uh, on, the, on the back wing. Again, an evolution of those lights, which still has the roundel in the middle of it. Essentially, a slightly bigger version of the Mark One. Very much so, yeah. And I think it, small, like, small little changes, like things that detail changes, really. So, for instance, now on this Mark II car, the, the rear window was glass, whereas on the first car, good, was was obviously uh, not glass. It was you know, um, like you know, plastic rear screen. Now it's yeah. all moved to glass. And obviously on this car as well, things like, you know, you suddenly see this generation, you're seeing things like an ABS, uh, sorry, uh, an airbag steering wheel, right. which you didn't get on the first car. But even on this 10th anniversary, you know, it's a Nardi steering wheel, so it's nice little touches again to mark these cars out. And one thing Mazda has never been frightened of doing is going to well-known and well-respected manufacturers within the motorsport 
uh, and motoring area for bits. You, you talked about the Momo steering wheel that was on the original car that we were looking at. We've got the Nardi one here as well. And, and those on the special editions particularly, just, just mark those cars out. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a legacy, again, of the type of customers that are attracted to the MX-5. So just as the 60s British sports car manufacturers used to use those sort of things, mm. I think Mazda carried that on. It's that real sense of being car people and wanting to, to have those type of features in the cars because that's what customers want when they buy a traditional sports car. It's those type of traditional brands they might have heard of when it comes to sports cars in the 60s. Uh, um, relatively short time from 89 to 95 in terms of changing the car over so what what am i going to see and feel when i take this car out on the on the road in terms of differences from the the venerable mark one i think you'll, you'll feel it you'll feel the lineage it's going to feel a very similar car as i say it's a little bit heavier but a little bit more power i think the biggest change is probably little things just refinement elements so it's going to feel a little bit more grown up a little bit more refined but i think you'll you'll see that it feels very much the same car in our journey through the Mazda MX-5 lineage here, we've now rocked up at the rear left-hand three-quarter of what actually is a 25th anniversary car, but it's it's the Mark III or the N- NC. Uh, we've we've uh, grown into twin tailpipes. The rear lights have now got two little roundels in them, but the, the real development here in terms of the shape of the car was the, the wheel arch extensions on these cars. Um, very much at the front like the uh, RX-8 that was around around the same time. Yeah, the car sort of grew up a bit, if you like, when it got to the third generation. Looked a bit wider, a little bit a bit sort of, for want of a better word, a bit more masculine. It sort of grew its shoulders a bit more and looked a bit more sort of planted on the road. It looked like looked like an MX-5 that had been to the gym. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously the other big change is this is the first generation when we had two types of roof. So obviously still with the option of the soft roof, but it was the first time we offered the retractable hard roof. Um, and that was a sort of revelation in, in this generation of MX-5. And what was, obviously those type of roofs were all the, all the were very fashionable in that period. But what was unique about the MX-5 was that the, the, even with the hard retractable roof, it didn't impact on the boot space. So you got the same boot space roof up or down. It didn't impact on the, on the amount of luggage space. Now, if we look, we've also got a, um, a wind deflector in, uh, in that, in this, on this car as well. And this is a, a hard top. Um, as, although, as you say, it doesn't at all impact. And with the roof down, you wouldn't know whether it was a hard top or a soft top. No, that was the beauty of this generation, is once it was down, you wouldn't know. Um, but it allowed you to have that, that hard top if that's what you wanted. Um, and I think inside, again, you can still see the lineage from the previous generations. But it's at this generation, you start to see things like factory-fitted sat-nav and a few more you know, heated seats and a few more of the luxuries, obviously stability control, a lot more sort of technology coming into the car. The other thing I noticed is the handbrake swapped side at this point. In the Mark One and Mark Two, it was on the left-hand side of the transmission tunnel, and this one, it's gone to the right-hand side. That's a really well spotted, actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever spotted that, but that's very... Um, and are we in a six-speed here? Yes, we are. We're in a six-speed gearbox for the first time. Yep, so six-speed manual gearbox. Um, again, other markets around the world, obviously, the automatic MX- MX-5s were quite popular in this generation. But again, you know, in the UK, I think very much an enthusiast audience here in the UK that manual gearbox is really is, is the most is by far the, you know, the choice for the UK driver. In some ways, when I look at the dashboard here on this Mark III, it's actually gone back to a more simplistic approach. Um, as the, the development from the Mark I to the Mark II, it got a little bit busier. Here it's gone back. It's still got the same curved sort of Sydney Opera House-style instrument binnacle, but everything else, we've got a bit of uh, paintwork inside, which actually is carried over onto the, the Mark IV on the top of the doors, of course. Um, and, and in some ways, this was going back. If I look at this, this looks even perhaps more like the Mark I than the Mark II did. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
I think every time the new generation MX-5 has been designed, the designers working on that car have always got the previous generations in their mind or on their driveways to, to, to drive, you know, and I think it's always been a car that's evolved and stayed true to its roots, and you'll see, you'll see elements of Mark 1 in Mark 3 and in Mark 4. And what am I going to f- feel from the drivetrain and the driveline here in the, in the Mark 3 that sets it apart from, the, say, the Mark 1 or Mark 2? It's going to feel like a much more grown-up car, so um, starting to s- sort of more grip, less roll, Bit much sort of stronger brakes, um, a little bit much more refined. So a bit more of a baby Grand Tourer than an than a out-and-out sports car then? Uh, well, no, I think it still retain, crucially retains that MX-5 uh, sportiness. So it's 50-50 weight balance still, still got the steering feel, still got the perfectly placed pedals, the great gearbox, all the things you'd expect in an MX-5, you know, a really revy, normally aspirated engine. All of those elements are still there. It just feels a little bit more like a bit more of a grown-up car. You know, you're looking now... Um, you know, 25 years now since the, since the Mark 1 with this car so you know, there's, a, there's been a real development over those years Fantastic, and it's in uh, Soul Red as well which has become such a Mazda trademark and it really suits this car I remember when these cars first came out in this colour and obviously I'd seen the racing cars uh, it became the Mazda racing colour in the States as well and immediately it came out it just caught the public's imagination yeah, it's incredible. This colour, so Soul Red Crystal is our current colour, but Soul Red, the original version, ever since it came out, it's been hugely popular. So in the UK, I think around about 45% of all Masters in the UK... Well, not just MX-5s, just everything. MX5, everything. It's, you know, it's, it's you know, up to 40%, I think, roughly, is, is Soul Red Crystal now. So it's a very popular colour. It's the signature colour that our designers demonstrate concept cars in normally. You know, it really highlights, it's sort of become quite synonymous with Mazda. The third generation of the Mazda MX-5 was a bit of a styling departure. Not massively, but the real feature of the car that uh, stands out in uh, every sense of the word are here at the front end where the front wings had the bubble arch extensions on them, very reminiscent of the Mazda RX-8, if you remember that car. Uh, This one in Soul Red is uh, quite interesting uh, because it's a... Uh, it was the first of the cars to gain a hard top. But what was really interesting about these cars uh, was that even with the hard top stored, and it's a full metal hard top that very cleverly goes down in, up in about 10 seconds, is that it doesn't take up any of the boot room. So, yes, it was a hard top. Yes, it was a metal top with a full glass back window. But it still takes up the same amount of space when it's stored as the normal rag top of the earlier cars. The MB, of course, was the first to get a glass back window. The NA had to make do with a, a perspex or, a, sorry, a plastic window in the hood. Now, I've just been out in this car, and the other thing that's notable about this MX-5 uh, in uh, <laughs> this colour that has become synonymous, I suppose, with uh, with Mazda, the Soul Red, is that uh, this... 25th anniversary uh, edition um, well it was the heaviest car uh, the, even the base model without the the metal roof was the heaviest MX-5 to date in fact the ND the Mark IV um, they've trimmed quite a bit of weight out of it and remarkably the ND is not that much heavier than the original Mark One, despite the uh, more uh, extensive list of options and electrics on it but out on the road, this Mark III, the NC car, 
uh, actually drives very well indeed. Now, I've, I've raced a version uh, of this car over at Anglesey, and it made a very good race car, very good uh, indeed. And I wasn't sure what I would make of the of the road going version um, first of all what's most important that over and above the nb the mark ii it got a clutch footrest back again which i was scandalized wasn't on that uh, blue <laughs> nb car um this car actually carries its weight rather well and its poise on the country roads here in central england was very good indeed the gearbox six speed of course carrying over uh, from the six speed of the a Mark II car, still slick, still working very nicely, a little bit more power from all of the engine options. I, I really have to compliment the Mazda technicians who did all of the calculations and the sums on, uh, on the suspension rates and the geometry, because although this is the heaviest MX-5 so far, it, it actually... I think it has a, a degree of poise on the road, which I wasn't expecting. It rides the bumps very, very well. Swift changes of directions down country roads didn't really unsettle it. And in some ways, I wonder, in fact, if it's that extra weight that actually makes the car feel a little bit more substantial. And this is a car that you know still has a good bit of luggage space. And you can imagine yourself driving across a continent in this car and using it perhaps even more, particularly with this uh, roof option, with the hard top roof option. It means you can park it up. You don't have to worry uh, about the soft top. And it comes down so quickly. It's still just one catch right in the middle there behind the uh, rear view mirror. And then it's a push button and it drops down. And it's a thing of beauty watching it happen. The whole of this back area here that's got the uh, rear brake light on it lifts up and then it drops down and that sort of stays up high like a, a, a chaparral spoiler uh, from back in the day before it drops back in and, and sorts itself out. And all that happens in around about 10 seconds. The other thing is that with that roof up, it really stiffens the body. But because this car uh, and is a little has a little bit of scuttle shake, not so much maybe as the, the Mark II, but there was just a, a little bit of uh, movement. But it... Again, I think because of the weight of the car, you, you almost don't notice it. And that, I'm, I'm being very, very critical there in seeing that. And the way the car handles, the way it changes direction, the weight of the steering, everything, um, you'd be hard-pushed to know that it's that much heavier than the cars that it replaced. It was a worthy addition to the MX-5 range and one of the more popular ones, uh, the, th the third car particularly popular uh, in the UK and Europe and of course with its racing success all around the world a lot of people saw this car and got interested in it and I wonder just how many people came to MX-5 because they saw this car, they saw a little bit more of the, the grown-up and the RX-8 looks on it and thought, mm, you know, maybe that is a sports car that I can live with on a daily basis and it's certainly that but one thing that it has got in spades like every other mx5 i've driven today is it's got the fun factor and it puts a smile on your face right i suppose the next thing we better do is find owen again and get up to date with the nd range that's the mark 4 and we're here celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 
Mazda MX-5. And, as you know, Mazda Lover MX-5 Special Edition. So there is one for the 30th anniversary. It's in a very bright orange. And Owen Mildenhall of Mazda will be talking about that next here on our Radio Show Limited Special as we celebrate 30 years of Mazda's two-seat, two-door roster, the x So let's bring the Mazda MX-5 story right up to date with the latest version of the car, the Mark IV. Um, over there is a launch edition, um, but let's come up to date with this new 30th anniversary car uh, presented in a very vibrant shade of orange. Owen Mildenhall from uh, Mazda is here with me again. The, the first thing that I notice about this car, and it doesn't matter whether it's in this 30th anniversary edition or indeed in the launch edition from, what, a couple of... How long have we had the Mark IV now, in fact? Uh, 2015. So. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's some design cues that go right back to the Mark One, the NA that I drove right at the beginning. Notably, I love the round detail on the rear lights. Now, they've become a sort of an arrowhead shape, but the original round bit of the, of the tail light, rather, is still there from the original car. The proportions are very similar to the, the first car with the short overhangs, and you've still got a manual hood, although with a very clever uh, hard piece that pulls straight up so that it sits nice and flat behind the seats. There's an awful lot here that... Anybody who, if they hadn't seen the, even if they hadn't seen the iterations between, they would look at this car with, without any badges on and immediately know that it was a relative of the of the Mark One, the white car sitting over there. Yeah, I think that's always been the genius of the MX Five. Certainly, the, the latest, the Mark Four, is that it's a very modern design. It's our latest Kodo design. It's a very modern car, but it's also instantly recognisable as an MX Five. Explain Kodo design for those who don't know. So that's that's the that's the design philosophy that you'll see in all Masters. So it's about sort of creating motion when the car's stationary. Um, not too many sharp edges. It's all about creating reflections and motion when the car is stationary. Uh, and that you'll see across every Mazda, and, and the MX-5 is, is part of that. And if we so. go around the front, a, perf- a perfect example of that at the front of the car is the way the nose is brought down very low. There's only so much you can do with the front end of cars now for pedestrian safety, but the nose is brought down very low with the still the smiley face, no pop-up headlights now, but these styling marks on the bonnet and the way the bonnet has almost a concave look to it the way that the the surface design is running right in to the the wheel arches with then run straight down the the side of the car that's what you're talking about fluidity and and a creation a, 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 a look of movement when the car's standing still and even down to where the indicator uh, lens is the repeater indicator behind that there's a, a slight depression which Almost looks as though somebody's blurred that out. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the thing. The car's very sporty proportions, very modern, and yet it is instantly recognisable as an MX-5. And that's the same inside as well. You've got that same sort of seating position you, you'd remember from the first car, you know, with the pedals in the right position, the gear lever in the right position. It's instantly recognisable as an MX-5. You've added a few creature comforts, of course, down through the years. A few more electrics, electric mirrors. Um, you've got... Uh, sat nav as well in this one that's uh, in the in the dashboard as well a little bit more movement on the steering wheel and the, and the seats but essentially again if i look at that dashboard there owen there's a lot of in fact more than cues in fact it's almost like it's been lifted out of the original car but just slightly modernized 
Absolutely. Again, it's keeping those basics right. So I think the key with the MX-5 is that the basics are right. So yes, there's obviously a nod to, 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 to modern safety standards and modern standards of refinement and quality, but the basics are absolutely right. So the roof's a good example. So on the soft top version, it's completely manual, but you can do it one-handed, you know, one clip, and then without even getting out of the driver's seat, you can just shift it down with your with your left arm and then the roof clicks into place so it's keeping it simple so not not over complicating things for the sake of it and obviously part of that is making sure we keep the weight out of the car because unusually most cars get heavier in each generation the mark 4 mx5 was is lighter than the mark 3 it replaced mm. you know so there's a real it's not that heavier than the original mark 1 is it no not at all so it, you know there's a real desire to keep the car keep the lightweight keep that 50 50 weight balance that that sort of connection with the road that the mx5 is famous for so and, and to do that you need to keep weight out of the car and keep it keep it simple where you can and having had a 1.5 even actually during the winter months um, and, and driven it as a, a daily driver i know exactly what owen's talking about about the roof you get the roof so far back with one hand and then you just use your elbow to press it down and into place you, everybody knows once you've found out how to do it it's a piece of cake to do now as i said i've had a 1.5 i haven't had a two liter car what obviously more capacity um, slightly more power a bit more torque what else am i going to notice if anything uh, the, the first thing you notice, two litre cars have a limited slip differential, which you, you don't get in the 1.5 car in, in UK spec. Um, the biggest thing is a two litre car engine's just been updated last year, so now it's up to 184 PS. When we launched the car, it was... That's nearly 200 horsepower. Yeah, and when we launched the car, it was 160 PS, so there's, a, there's an increase in power. Mm. But also, it's, it's the fact there's a much higher, there's more revs at the top end now, so it's sort of 1,500 RPM more at the top end. Uh, the engine revs more freely. So the, the car, like always with the MX-5, there's always a constant e- evolution with the MX-5, so the two litre engine... It's been upgraded, and I think it really makes a difference to the character to the car. I mean, it brings it alive even more. But is it still going to have that usable torque that surprised me so much in the first iteration of the car? That little 1600 engine was pulling smoothly from 1500 revs. Yep, so it's still got the torque, um, So and obviously the still got the sort of man, the six-speed manual gearbox is a delight to use so you know it's still got those key mx5 features all right i better get in and get myself uh, accustomed to it and we'll take this vivid orange it's, it's about to have a proper name what is what is the name of the color the technical name is racing orange racing orange all right well yeah it, it is very very racy indeed and we'll give this a run in just a moment's time as we celebrate 30 years of the mx5 from mazda so here we are in behind the wheel of the Mazda MX-5 ND or Mark IV. This is the 30th anniversary edition in bright racing orange, a theme that's continued over into the inside, including around the eyeball vents. The steering wheel now moves up and down as well as in and out. That's a bit of a change from the earlier cars, but it still looks and feels, as you're sitting in it, like an MX-5. Well, the first thing you notice about this car is the extra power from that two-litre engine sitting up front. Almost 200 horsepower now, 182 PS, as they say. And that's up considerably on when the two-litre engine was first offered for this car. The gearbox is a delight to use. This car rides... Uh, this is the sport version and because it's the anniversary the 30th anniversary edition it has recaro sports seats and these chairs are comfy it rides on bilstein shock absorbers which i would say for a car like this are just on the right side of sporty wouldn't like it to be any harsher 
but the body roll is perfectly controlled on a relatively lightweight body shell this car there is a, an SE version which is the more like the uh, Lux SEL we'll have a go in that car a little in a little while just to see how it compares we know what you've got to say about this Mark IV is that it perfectly continues the MX-5 line. I've not driven the 2-litre before. Our original real-world road test here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels was the 1.5. And, you know, that was 130 horsepower. So we've got plenty more on top of that now. And this car is still fun. And yet, I don't feel as though the car is driving me. I do feel as though I'm still in charge the limited slip diff makes a huge difference in getting that power down still a relatively light little two-seater sports car this the traction control may be a little intrusive so that's been flicked off but there's a nice balance to this car which some other sports cars can only dream about and despite it being front engines there is still a 50 50 weight distribution which is actually pretty extraordinary the two litre engine although it revs a little more than it used to in the earlier versions of this mark 4 it still has plenty of torque low down i'm sitting now at just over a thousand revs that's 30 miles an hour in sixth gear now don't expect the car to take off as if someone had waved a green flag in front of us but it's quite happy at that just pootling along nicely the throttle response great the throttle pedal travel a lot shorter than the original car that's one thing that has changed down the years but it's still quite long for a sports car but it's quite nice because it does mean you can have a gradual throttle application or just feed out of the throttle when you're balancing a car through a quick corner and you can understand why so many people like these cars as race cars because they are so communicative that they just really talk to you when they're getting anywhere near the edge of their performance envelope just dive off down this little side road here the raspiness of the original car's exhaust still there as well that little cheeky put 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 it's a bit more than that isn't it really and that helps with the overall character of the MX-5 and I think that's why it's endured quite so long driving position well I'm still sitting a little higher than I would like but you do feel everything through your backside and these Recaro seats are absolutely superb and do exactly the job that you would expect these A and B roads in central England are a fabulous way to show off all of the neutral handling traits of the MX-5 brakes on this car absolutely superb very well positioned pedals just like in the 
original car from 1989 easy to heal and talk and everything just falls to hand and foot perfectly well it really is a delight and you can understand how Mazda have sold so many of them down through the years and why once people get into them they're loath to give them up relatively practical car as well with decent luggage space although since the original car the Mark IV somewhere along the line has lost the glove box that the Mark I had and there's a couple of cubbies and there are even the ubiquitous cup holders just by my elbow cup holder should I say by my elbow and there's a little bit of room to store some bits and pieces if you don't have the seat too far back but that's not what this car is about it's about driving it's about driving pleasure but what I would say is this is a car you could use and possibly should use every day it's got all mod cons with satellite navigation even aircon ABS brakes power assisted steering has been an option since day one on Mazdas and it's carried over of course into standard fit for the Mark IV but it's on these sweeping middle England roads that this car really comes alive and you just don't want these roads to end it's a real success story and fair play to Mazda for having committed to this car 30 years ago and you've got to think that this car should and surely will be a part of their future now you've got to be an extra, a bit of an extrovert if you're going to live with this bright opal fruit orange colour and you can see quite a lot of orange when you're sitting in the car but somehow it seems to suit the character of the MX-5 the 2 litre engine a perfect combination of torque and power I was worried that the extra weight of the engine would dull the handling but with the Bilstein suspension on this car the weight is controlled and the body roll around the front end is actually probably a little bit less even than the original car now talking to a few enthusiasts one of the upgrades for the Mark 1 is to fit 15 uh, 16 inch rims rather an inch bigger than the originals and or a couple of inches bigger than the originals and go to a low profile tyre you do trade off on the older cars a little bit of the suspension compliance for that well in this 30th anniversary special Mazda have got the balance between sportiness and comfort I reckon just about right and well done to them for that for producing another great special edition the 52nd in 30 years of the Mazda MX-5 but they all have their followings right I suppose I have to take this one back now there's still a few more cars to drive and a bit more talking to do as we celebrate Mazda MX-5 and its 30th anniversary so as we come to 
At the end of our time driving these Mazda MX-5s, what is in front of me in a beautiful grey metallic colour is, I suppose, what you could call the ultimate uh, iteration. Owen Mildenhall from Mazda is here with me once again. What am I looking at here? So this is basically a car that's been um, equipped with all the dealer fit options you can add to an MX-5. So the MX-5 has always been a car that you can really personalise. So since the, the launch of the car in 1990 in the UK, we've had 52 special editions in the UK. So we're not, we're not afraid to sort of allow people to drive a unique MX-5. But you can do it yourself. So this one's basically what you can order from your dealer as a dealer fit accessory. So it's got a 25mm lowering kit. So it's the IBAC uh, springs that bring the ride height down by 25mm. Um, really, really nice black BBS wheels. And then the aero kit, so you've got a rear spoiler um, and then this sort of side skirt and front and rear splitter. So that's, the, that's on the outside, gives you a nice distinction on the outside. Inside it's got the Alcantara dash, which is also can be a dealer fit option. And it's also got a sports exhaust, so everything from the, everything from the cat back is a, is a, is a different exhaust. Um, it doesn't and this tra- is a two litre, isn't it? It's a two litre, yeah, so you could, but you could fit this to anything basically. The only, thing, the only stipulation is you can only fit the BBS wheels to the two litre. Everything else you can fit to a 1.5 if you wanted to, so, um, and that's just because of the size of the wheels. But this hasn't got the limited slip diff or the strut brace? So it's got the limited slip diff because it's, right. it's a 2 litre, so all the 2 litre MX-5s right. have a limited slip diff, but it doesn't have the strut brace or the Bilstein dampers which the Sport Nav trim car has, because this is an SEL trim car. Right, so even though this is the Lux, Luxor version, you can still uh, fit these options to it? Yeah, so you could fit these options to a, to a sport nav, to an SEL nav, to whatever car you've got. And you can buy them as a pack, or you can buy them individually. So you might just think, you know what, I just want to go for the lowering kit, or I quite like the rear spoiler, or I just, I just want the exhaust. And do you have to do that at a time of, of purchase, or, or could you go back to your dealer and have them retrofit some of these things? No, you could go back to your dealer. So if you've got a Mark IV MX-5 of any, of any age, you could go back to your dealer and have these, these things fitted to dealer options. So it just gives people the option to have a little bit of personalisation. OK, I'll give it a spin. We're with Mazda. It's the 30th anniversary of the MX-5 and the SEL Nav, with the trick bits on, is next to drive. So this is the Mark IV or the ND Mazda MX-5 here in 2 litre format. The SEL is kind of the luxury or more luxury version. But with the dealer fit accessories here, this has been turned into quite a sporty drive. It doesn't have the strut brace on, so you do feel the extra weight of the 2-litre engine up front. But make no mistake about it, this is still a very well-balanced Mazda. The 6-speed gearbox as in the smaller engine version is beautiful and really harks back to that Mark 1 that I drove earlier on today the slightly lowered springs I don't think of that much of a compromise to be honest the ride is very good and it just sharpens up the handling of the SE enough to just give it a little flatter platform particularly through quick changes of directions the limited slip diff well that does exactly what it needs to I have turned off the traction control which as you know is very very unusual for me because I did find it slightly intrusive and I think with the limmy it's a little bit unnecessary because you feel the limmy coming in before the traction does and 
it kind of dulls the response there of the limited slip diff I like this car a lot I've got the side windows up at the moment with the tiny little wind deflector behind me you can hear there's very little wind noise and this is at nearly 60 miles an hour just cruising gently through the English countryside on a perfect day for open top Mazda motoring you know it's been an extraordinary success story that Mazda have had with the MX-5 and more power to the elbow it was a little bit of a chance a gamble to bring the car in in 1989 and 1990 but 1.2 million units sold tells the story doesn't it the overall feel of all of the cars that I've driven today just tell you everything you need to know about Mazda's have fun while you're driving philosophy the sports exhaust on this car probably doesn't make that much of a difference when you're on full throttle but there's just a little edgy rasp to it once you let the car just tick over and also a little bit on downshift as well the 2 litre car obviously with nearly 200 horsepower is a little more powerful whether you trade that off for the extra weight of the engine against the 1.5 I'm not sure actually but each of them has their their own character and I really suppose it pays you money you takes your choice but I'm certainly not going to be one to say pick one over to over the other it's just a lovely thing and you just want to drive it more you really do absolutely beautiful piece of kit now the lady on the sat-nav wants me to get back on the roof, back on the route and take this back. And I suppose I will have to, but I'm going to do that eventually. For now, I'm going to turn off my recording equipment and enjoy these beautiful roads with one of the best sports cars ever, the Mazda MX-5, and this, the ND, the Mark IV, two-litre SEL nav with a few dealer fit options on it just to make it even more special. You know, surely there can't be any better illustration of what a good day we've had than as we're washing down these cars that have been uh, pedalled around the Middle England lanes in a, a spirited fashion. Just getting a few of the, the bugs off here at the end of my time with the Mazda as we celebrate their 30 years of the MX-5. Let's turn the hose off and so we can distill a few thoughts here. Well, I know that you're going to want me to pick a favourite out of the five MX-5s that I've driven. Four different uh, iterations, five different cars, MX-5, five MX-5s kind of works, doesn't it, uh, for us there. Um, it'll probably come as no surprise to you that I'm not going to be able to do that for the simple reason is I would take all of the five cars if I could and I would take any one of them too and be very happy indeed 
that uh, they were on any one of them was on the drive if pushed i would take one of each of the na nb nc and nd cars the four different marks um but although they're quite small they take up more space than i've got and to be honest which one would you choose to go out driving so what i'm going to give you instead is a breakdown of the the four models of the car and and why i think each one of them it would be a worthy addition to anybody's car collection not to sit on on their drive and be driven on a very regular basis if we start with a mark one you can't deny that purity of design and philosophy that really hark back to british sports cars of the 1960s and 1970s Driving that car made me realise that I wish I'd never sold my 1965 Sunbay Malpine 1725. That was a mistake. And as soon as I got back in that car, even if I'd driven maybe two miles down the road, and it immediately took me back to driving that car. Now, not entirely, but because the concept was the same it was pared down i could i needed to um when i got the seat right i forgot to move the inside door mirror so i could literally pull over to the side of the road lean across from my driving seat and move the door mirror without getting out of the car because that's how small it was almost wrapped around you that car and that was just lovely and the way that it drives it it, it just harks back to classic british motoring However, it had been brought up to date for the late 80s and early 90s. The Mark II, well, that developed that theme. And although it was a little bit bigger and a little bit heavier, the exhaust note is what I'll take away from that car. Nothing wrong with the exhaust note in the Mark I. Indeed, the Mazda engineers spent a lot of time with all British sports cars listening and recording and trying to work out the resonances for the pipes underneath the car but the Mark II, the NB car that one just had that rasp that I really liked now the NC car that was the one I was least sure about the heaviest car and we've made a lot about that I've raced an NC in the past but I'd never driven one on the road and I was really not sure what that car was going to bring but what it brings to the timeline of mx5 is body and body control and suspension settings that were sublime just the right balance of being able to drive your favorite country road or even do a track day but then not have your teeth or your fillings rattled out because the suspension was too harsh and kudos to Mazda for making that car. I've got to say as well that with the addition of the hard top, the fold down hard top, the more muscular styling, almost like the NB had gone to the gym and bulked up a bit, particularly with those front arches, very reminiscent of the RX8, of course. That car, in terms of how many it sold and who it brought into the brand, well, it was quite clear that a lot of people started looking at MX-5 when the NC came out. The addition of a great colour like Soul Red and now Soul Red Crystal, of course, uh, didn't hurt either. But there was just something about that car that made people look at it and say, do you know what? Maybe I could live with one of these. Maybe I could have one of these as my daily driver or even just use it as a weekend or a 
getaway car in terms of uh, driving away for a few days uh, away to enjoy the pleasure of driving again. And that brings us to the end day, the current cars, with so much learned from the previous three versions of the MX-5, all banged into this one fabulous package. The styling, going back to basics in some respect, and the remarkable thing for me on that, along with the increases in power that we've had, the increases in technology that has really shoehorned into that car, into what is a very tight package, with still good luggage space. And remember, that car is lighter than the car it replaced, and it's not that much heavier than the Mark I over there in front of the building. I mean, that, to me, is a remarkable thing to do. If Mazda is looking down the line for the new MX-5, which would be the NE, or the Mark V, one presumes, then, if I could just make this request, the purity of design and philosophy from the Mark I, the exhaust note from the Mark II, the suspension control and the real elegant ride, probably the best of any sports car of that size, certainly of its time and possibly even now, of the, the NC, the Mark III. And then the power, the technology and the safety of the ND. Now, for most manufacturers, a list of requests or suggestions like that would be pie in the sky it would be an impossibility but you never say that with Mazda because you just get a feeling that they have the same emotional response to driving as all of us do and that comes through most heartily through the four different versions of this car and you know after 30 years to have gone from that white car over there to these bright orange 30th editions it's an extraordinary thing to see how close to the original concept the MX-5 remains in a world where, you know, you look at some of the competitors and see how their models have changed, how they've grown up and how the size and weight and complexity of the cars have just spiralled out of control. But here's a car that hasn't done that. And by the way, if... You're still of the mind that the Mazda MX-5 isn't a proper sports car, doesn't have the right image for you. Right, forget all of that. Just go and drive one. There's nothing else I can say other than I've had a smashing day. And thanks to everybody at Mazda UK, uh, to Graham and Owen and the rest of the team who put this event on. But if you're not sure, go and drive one. Anyone. It doesn't matter. And if you are not immediately taken by just how much fun and how much emotion this car can give you in a short time, then you've probably got a swinging brick instead of a heart. But I'm, I'm not sure you want to call yourself a real driver, to be honest. When you look back at the last 30 years, the MX-5 has defined Mazda as a brand. The zoom zoom that goes still through all of Mazda's products comes from this car, comes from this MX-5. The emotional response that the MX-5 has elicited down those 30 years must have brought countless people into the brand and 
whether they've bought an MX-5 or whether they've bought a Mazda 3 or they've bought a CX-5, it doesn't matter. This car has acted as a halo car. Proof, by the way, that as a manufacturer, you don't have to get people to buy a $2.93 million hypercar to have a halo car. The MX-5 is undoubtedly Mazda's halo car. It, it absolutely defines Mazda as a brand. So go out and drive one. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It will not be time-wasted. Even if you can't really afford one, you should be able to have said, I've driven an MX-5. It's a motoring icon, for goodness sake. Happy 30th birthday, Mazda MX-5, from all of us here at RSL, and all of us who call ourselves driving enthusiasts. Right, i better get back to washing these cars down now, haven't I? This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.